your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And as we do now every Friday during the baseball season, it's our opportunity to chat with the manager of the Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello, who joins us today with Paul Calvisi filling in for Gambo. Tori, how you doing on this Friday? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing really well, guys. Always good to be with you. I heard uh, you had very kind things to say about how young I looked for having a kid who got married last week. So I just, God bless you for that, Tori. God bless you. I, could be- I couldn't believe it. And I said it live on the air, right? It was hot. And I'm going to stand by it. Every time I see you, well, you it's- look way younger than you are. And you shared your age with me, and I'm still shocked. It's one of the uh, many things today we don't agree on. That's just sort of the uh, par for the course today on this show. So here we go. Now the gloves are really off. Yeah, we're all disagreeing all day long. I, I, yep. I can see that you guys have worked together. It's going well, I think. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start. I'm going to jump Bernsey, and I'm just going to start right off the bat here. I can't take my eyes off Corbin Carroll running the bases. The highlight from last season that still blazed in my brain is him going from first to home on an extra base hit. And then this week, he gapped a triple in right center field. And, man, he gone. I'm just curious, for the guys who really know baseball in that dugout, how entertaining is it to watch him run the bases? Yeah, I, I can't take my eyes off either. I feel the same way as you do. Traditionally, what I do when a ball goes into the gap, I don't really watch the ball. I, I my eyes both when we're when we're defending it and when we are on offense, my eyes go to the cutoff man to see where they are. I'm trying to get a feel for what the players on the field are looking at, if they're lined up properly, and then you know, possibly taking advantage of a situation or two from a base running standpoint. So that's always the first thing I lock down on. But when we have Corbin. Uh, um, Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas. We've got some really good athletes, especially Corbin. When that ball goes in the gap, I'm watching one person, and I'm watching Corbin around the bases. He cuts off, cuts off the edges of the bases, gets in, gets into the straight line between the two points, and he's just he's a phenomenal athlete. So what you see is some God-given speed, but some great technique, and that takes a lot of work. And it doesn't surprise me that everybody notices it. He wants to enhance it and make it perfect and a little bit more faster each and every time, and he does a great job. How deliberate have you and your coaching staff been in devising a way to take advantage of the rules changes this year with the pickoffs and the extra bases? Because it does, on the surface, really seem to play to your strengths as a roster. How far have you guys gone to kind of build around that and what you've got with the rules changes? Yeah, we're already a really fast athletic team, and we are going to um, take advantage of every situation we can, but we've got to remember we already have a really good starting point. We're not asking somebody that's at average speed to create a little bit of, of um, an advantage because of the rules. We're taking a really quick athletic team, and we're going to enhance that. So we've had some early discussions about how to exploit it. We're still working through that. We had a lot of conversations prior to our first game, and then I made the comment, let's play a week's worth of games, and then let's get a feel for the new rules and the time clock. Let the players play the way they want to and then we will come together as one, including the players, and we'll talk about what they see and what their sidelines are to take advantage and exploit these new rules. There's there's a time clock element and you know you, you We've had a couple players, and I don't want to. I don't want to say it out loud. We've had a couple players that have already taken advantage of it. When it gets down to one second, they've already got themselves into the full sprint. So we'll take advantage of it the best way we know how. But we also got to defend it. So I'm working on both sides of that. We got to prepare that nobody will do that to us. We got to. We got to protect our house. 
and we will do a good job of that. But from a base running standpoint, I think it's going to make a really good base running, already really good base running team just a little bit better. I saw where you met with MLB officials pregame one day this week, mm-hmm. talking about rule mm-hmm. changes. I mean, what's not classified there? What, what can you share with us, and what sort of questions did you have after a week or so? Yeah, my my questions were mostly surrounding um, what is what is reviewable with replay. Um, you know, you got you got the heels on the grass from infielders. Is that reviewable? What does it mean? Who's going to police that? Um, is there going to be extra time granted for the catcher who's left on base and the time clock is cranked and going if there's not a pitching change um, as soon as as soon as the ball is is recorded for the final out? Catcher has a tough time getting his dugout to put his gear on. A lot of little things, a lot of little nuances that we're seeing pop up. Just a bunch of questions that we're throwing around. Michael Hill came in and did a terrific job of addressing about 10 of the questions I had, so I was only able to ask two because he hit them all. And I think he did a, a very thorough job that everybody felt the same. So all of us were walking into that sitting having a handful of questions and not many were answered had had to be asked because he accomplished that in what he was sitting down telling us piece by piece so great job by mlb defining it we'll get it we'll get a good feel for it but there's so many little working rules inside of what you see is just one time clock there's a lot of things we got to be aware of and it's been a little bit of a challenge for all of us right now that we've been sitting in the day watching the game we've got to incorporate the time clock and we'll do that Troy Lavello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show's weekly visit. Paul Calvisi filling in for Gambo today here on this Friday edition. We're, we're a week into it now. I, I mean, all of the intricacies aside, do you like it? Or, or, or is, is there too many moving parts right now and the negotiating of those moving parts for you to even know the answer to that question yet? No, I like it. The pace of game is is improved. You know, it's it's two hours and twenty five, two hours and thirty minutes, and that's that to me is what what baseball is all about. So getting on the mound, throwing the pitch, um, and making making the action happen. I think that's what the fans want. The fans have been screaming for that for the past ten, fifteen years, and Major League Baseball has done a good job of it. I was watching the I think it was probably the nineteen seventy seven World Series replay not too long ago between the Dodgers and the, um, and the Yankees and uh, the starting pitcher for the Yankees, I think his last name was Torres, basically was getting the ball back from Thurman Munson and throwing it immediately and setting up. Like that's what baseball used to be like, where the pitcher would just get up, get into delivery, and go to work. Today, things have changed prior to this whole thing. So I kind of enjoy it because it's going to keep the game moving. It's going to force the thinkers to think fast, um, and it's going to force the players to operate at a different pace. But we'll get used to it. Hey, you played a game against the Cubs the other day, two hours, four minutes. Start to finish. How about that? Uh, how about yeah, this? That was, right? That was incredible. And how about the fact that Mike Hazen this week said, and I'll quote, he's our best player. And that's my intro to talk about Cattell Marte. What does he look mm-hmm. like? The early returns seem to be really good. We saw him make a play behind the bag earlier this week. He really looked agile and athletic again. Just uh, mm-hmm. what is in store for Cattell Marte? And when he's at his best in all star caliber and he's been there before, what's happening? Yeah, an unbelievably talented player. Um, And we know that we have to continue to coach him up and enhance all those tools that that he has, right? You you see somebody that's 23, 24 years old, you say that he's tooled up, and how is he going to pull those tools out and and let them play out? And we've seen him do that several times for an entire year. He was fourth in the MVP voting. So it's our job to to teach him the the best parts of his game, to go out there and and let let him – naturally take place and then to 
also coach up the areas where he's a little deficient. I think the big thing for him, and you hit on it, the play that he made up the middle, that did not go unnoticed by everybody that has been watching him for the past three or four years. There was explosiveness to the ball. He closed on the ball. There was you know, the proper leg work, the bend. Everything worked because of the shape that he's come into this spring training. He was told at the end of camp, you know, we got to work on agility and maybe uh, work on being able to, to have that flexibility so you're not going to come up lame after making a play like that. So we were all thrilled about it because it told us a story. It told us a story that he we asked for something, he responded and did it, and now he went out and executed at a high level. When he's in this in this type of shape, when you see him making these types of plays, he's a very good player that can do very special things on both sides of the wall. That's always got to be a delicate conversation from a coach or a manager to a player. Hey, we need to change your body type. We need you to do this. We need you to do that, especially when it comes to you know how an athlete builds up his body. How did that conversation go with Cattell? <laughs> there's there's your answer. answer right there. That's the answer. Yeah. How do you how do you have, look a, a grown man in the eye and say, look, you're a really good baseball player, but you will be better if X, Y, and Z take place? And Z is probably the, something that's very humbling that you might be a little bit out of shape or you're a little bit overweight. But that's my job. At the end of the day, I've got to be able to have those conversations. I feel like I've had I have so much straight cred with these players, especially Cattell. Um, our relationship allowed me to get there with him um, and he accepted it and he agreed with it and sometimes I'll put it on the player and say what do you think I'm telling you do you agree with it or disagree so uh, I got into a very in-depth conversation with him he accepted that and from day one of spring training I know he's been working really hard at it I went to visit him in the Dominican Republic I went to his home in the Dominican Republic this off season, and I could see that he was working really hard and the body was taking shape and he took what I said to heart but he trusts us and that's really what it's all about when it comes from a good place and an established relationship and he trusts the information and trusts the person that he's, he's hearing it from, you, you can tell him just about anything. I'm going to cite your conversation when I have that, when I have that conversation with Bernsey a little bit later, okay, Tori? So, you know, <laughs> I the, knew that was coming. God, the, I knew that was the, coming. Well, the I whole so wedding knew thing. that was coming. You just you, threw too many calories at the wedding, Bernsey, okay? Come on now. Uh, Mad Bomb, last, que- last question real quick. Sunday in Goodyear against Cleveland, or is that still to be determined? Yeah, no, I, I basically played it out a little bit um, today in the media media scrum. Yeah, Bum is scheduled for Sunday at Cleveland. So he feels good. He's been in the lab. He's been throwing, you know, on the fields and just getting himself ready to go. He's in a good spot. He's, he, he came in um, in real good shape, and, and we're super excited to, to see what it looks like on the field, and it looks like it's going to be Sunday. Tori, well, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Tori. Okay, boys. Talk to you soon, brother.